morning we are going to read from Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. The gospel according to Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. I'll be reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her home, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my home leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Father, we give you praise this morning. We thank you because your word is able to change. Your word is able to bring a life. Your word is able to heal. I pray that by the entrance of this word, may we gain understanding. Yes. May we gain wisdom. Yes. May we leave this place edified. Mm. May we leave this place encouraged. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you. May we be loose from chains this morning. Yes. Let the sick be healed. Yes. Your, word is, your word, it is written in your word that the entrance of your word cannot come and go back void because it has a purpose to be accomplished. Yes. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. We pray this morning, Lord, do your will and take all the glory in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Once again, I want to thank you this morning for coming to the house of God to fellowship. You know, every day that you come to this place to listen to the word of God and to fellowship, it is a pleasure for us to have you in God's house because your presence in this place makes our fellowship beautiful. And as we keep coming, I know that the Lord has a good plan for us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning on what I captioned, the pressure of Christmas. The pressure of Christmas. For those of us who lived back in those days where Christmas was more of a day that was much anticipated than the coming of Christ. Means that for me as a kid, the coming of Christ meant nothing for me. But knowing that 25th of December was coming was more important for me than any day on the earth. Because at least once a year, I wore a new cloth and I was sure that whether rain or sun, I was going to eat chicken. So there were some things that were guaranteed in Christmas. And then Christmas was something that we anticipated with much you know, expectation because we knew that good things were reserved for us in Christmas. But our parents did not have the same anticipation because... They had pressure to provide for us the things we needed for Christmas, like the food and the clothing. And so on Christmas Day, after you did all your chores in the morning, you wore your Christmas clothes and parade the neighborhood for some hours, moving from door to door and comparing your clothes or your, your whatever your parents bought for you with that of your friends. And after all the party, you come home so tired and you went to bed and the next day it was all over. Parents had so much pressure that some parents had to buy their, their clothes of their, their children in June because it was cheaper then. Because when December is approaching, every price skyrockets. Everything goes up. 
So parents who are wise will buy their, their, their parents, their kids' clothes in July, June, some few months before Christmas when things are very cheap. And then they will hide them in boxes. And when it's like 24th or 23rd, they bring them out and pretend that they just came from the market with those things. There was so much pressure during Christmas seasons. In America, there is pressure in Christmas because this culture believes that Christmas is a time to exchange gifts, to give gifts to friends and to family members. So there are people right now who are expecting you to send them a card or send them a gift. So there is this pressure, you know, even in the neighborhood about decoration, when all your neighbors have put on their lights in their Christmas trees and all the things that decorate their homes with, and you have nothing, it, there seems to be a pressure in, uh, to meet up with the, with the status quo or to catch up with the Joneses, as Americans would say. So there is pressure in every dimension when it comes to Christmas. The music on the radio has changed. The roads are getting busy. Everything seems to change. There is a pressure in the atmosphere when it comes to Christmas. But us as Christians, God has given us a different kind of pressure that I'm going to share with you this morning. Is somebody hearing me this morning? The Bible says that at, the, at that time, after Mary received this prophecy from the angel Gabriel, she hurriedly went to a town in the country of Judea and entered the house of Zachariah, who was Mary's... Zachariah was married to Elizabeth, who was Mary's first cousin. And the Bible says that as she entered this house, she greeted Elizabeth. But before I go forward, we must realize that after Mary received this shocking revelation from the angel Gabriel, she did not seek to understand or to try to figure out what this was all about. She went immediately to her cousin in order to get more comprehension about this revelation that came from the angel Gabriel. May I say to you that there are some, there are some experiences in your life that you cannot handle all by yourself. You need to go to mature people, experienced people, to help you with this experience. I remember the first time I had an encounter with God when I was called by God to go to ministry. I, I came back from a crusade that evening and a, a man of God from Nigeria who is called Bishop Emison, he came to town and preached. There was so much joy. His style of preaching was so much lively. Coming from you know, a, a, a traditional church background, I was not so used to seeing preachers who were so lively on the platform, cracking jokes, and then praying for people and seeing the sick being healed. So I was so excited about the man of God's ministry. And so as I laid on my bed, I was thinking, when I will ever get to this level where I can preach like this and bring so much joy to the crowd. And then suddenly that evening, as, I, as, 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 as in a dream, but it was happening in broad daylight. I saw two flashlights, like the, those of a car, in my room. So bright that I could not look. As I was struggling to look, there was a force that held me on the bed. And then a voice came from that light and said to me, I am taking you to the nations to preach my gospel. Now he said, he spoke to me for about 15 minutes. But I was not so concerned as to know what he was saying. I wanted to see who was saying what. Because I did not understand how a car broke into my room and was flashing a light at me and talking to me. And so after I got that revelation, I went to a friend who was a pastor's child and said, this thing happened to me this evening. What was that? And then he said to me, that was God calling you. That's when I understood that the Lord was actually calling me into ministry. There are some dreams you have, you don't keep them to yourself. 
you go to somebody to explain, to give you better understanding of what is going on. It is sad that one of her sisters in the church died because she had a dream that she actually died. And then she saw herself in a casket. Then she got up the next morning. Instead of going to somebody who was experienced and mature in the faith to help her with this dream, she went to a salon where she was styling her hair and was telling her hairdresser the kind of dream that she had. Few days after, she actually died. And then the hairdresser was the one telling the dream during her funeral. There are some experiences that want you have. Don't keep them to yourself. Go to somebody who can help you with that experience. Is somebody hearing me this morning? The second thing about this is this. When the Lord gives you an instruction about anything, do not procrastinate. Act upon that information right away. If the Lord is pressing something in your heart to do or some, somewhere to go, do not say, I will do it after or at this time. Once God says it, act like Mary. Pack your bags and do what God has said. Go in search of that revelation and you will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Mary had such faith. You know, I imagine she would have been confused, but she believed what God said and then she went to her cousin to get more understanding. And the Bible says that when she went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth had Mary's greeting, the baby in Elizabeth's womb lived for joy. Mary was just one day pregnant, one day pregnant, and already, and Jesus, who was already, who was only one day pregnant in Mary's womb, was already causing reactions. You know, science cannot dictate a one day pregnancy. If you were a woman who got pregnant yesterday night, there's no way doctors can see that pregnancy. It has to take some time, you know, for that to mix with your system so they can see it in the urine. But Jesus, one day pregnant in Mary's womb, is already causing reactions. What a powerful baby. What a powerful God who is making his way into the earth. Mary had greeted Elizabeth before and there was nothing. But this time, when she carried Jesus, her greeting was causing reaction. Her greeting was changing things. Now, this is what I said to myself. If Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus just for one day, was able to greet somebody and this reaction happened, what will happen if we, who are believers in Christ, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have received Jesus into our lives, greet somebody, what reaction will happen? Because Mary is pregnant with Jesus for one day, and this reaction is happening. But we have received the glorified Christ, the Christ that is seated in the heavenly places far beyond principalities and powers. So we should have a greater reaction than Mary. But the reason why we don't have this reaction is because many of us do not even know what we have received. We don't know the value of having Jesus in our lives as our personal Lord and Savior. As we leave this place today, may I let you know that there is somebody in you that is greater than any president. Amen. There is somebody in you that is greater than any native doctor. Amen. There is somebody in you that is greater than any demon. Amen. You have somebody in you that can cause a change. In the world. Amen. This is why they say in Colossians 1 27, they say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I used to say, you cannot be in Christ and be in crisis. 
You cannot be in Christ and be in crisis because the one you have received is the one that is able to change all situations. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. As we leave this place this morning, walk with confidence and know whom you have received because the God that you have believed, the God that has made you his temple is far greater than any circumstance. It's far greater than anyone who has ever lived on this planet earth. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says when Elizabeth had Mary's greeting. Look at this. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you believe that? Jesus is one day pregnant in Mary's womb. And yet he's already baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't think you see this in your Bible. One day pregnant and he's already baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. That is why if you read in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus came to be baptized, before you arrived, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but there is one who comes after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This, this statement that John the Baptist made is not written anywhere in the Old Testament. He made this statement by experience. Because in the mother's womb, he had this experience firsthand. When the mother had the greeting of Mary, Elizabeth, her mother, was filled with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist was saying something that happened to him even in his mother's womb. That is how powerful Jesus was. And let me say this to you. Life does not begin at birth for those who defend abortion rights. Life does not begin at birth. Life begins at conception. In Jeremiah, it said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So it is not when the baby is born that that baby becomes a human being. From the very first day that the seed of a man meets with the egg of a woman, life is conceived. And so if anything, if you do anything to that, to that thing you call blood or anything, you've terminated a life. Because if Jesus was one day in the mother's womb and miracles were already happening, was it a blood? No, it was Jesus. <laughs> Was it some liquid in the mother's womb? No, it was Jesus. Because life begins before even the womb. Life is just sent to the womb. And then with a human agency, it brings it together and gives it a body. So life does not begin at birth. I told you that several months ago, there's a law that has been passed in New York that says that you have the right to abort a baby until the baby is born. So as long as the baby is not out, it is not considered a human being. You can take it out. And there are people who call themselves Christians who support things like this. But if you are a Christian, you have to understand that life begins at conception. Hallelujah. From the very first day you start throwing up, there is somebody in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. From the very first day there is that encounter, there is somebody already in you. The Bible says in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among all women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Anytime a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an expression. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. After Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, she began prophesying. So anytime a man is filled with the Holy Spirit, there has to be an expression. You cannot say you are filled with the Holy Spirit and there is no evidence. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there has to be an expression. 
And I want to announce to somebody this morning, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues or with the expression, this is your season. I said, this is your season. Amen. You can receive it this season. Amen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not about having goosebumps. Because some of us, when we pray and we feel like there's cold, oh, the Holy Ghost is here. It's not about having goosebumps. Or some of us, you go to play, you have people that, that's the Holy Spirit. When you are filled, it comes to live in you. And there is an expression from your mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. Elizabeth began to prophesy. One advantage of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you will know things that nobody told you. Now, Mary just knock at the door and say, hey, cousin, without saying anything further, Elizabeth began to prophesy who had no revelation or no, no information about what Mary had experienced with Gabriel. But she was able to prophesy about the pregnancy because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, nobody can take you by surprise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God will reveal things to you that nobody could ever tell you. Amen. 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 There are people who have packed their bags, about to travel, about to get into a flight. And the night before, the Lord appeared to them and warned them, do not travel. And they get up in the morning and say, I'm not traveling again. And the whole family is confused, like, you are so stupid. This journey has been planned. This vacation has been arranged six months ago, and you just messed it up in a single day. He said, I'm not traveling. And the others left, and the plane crashed, and everybody died. When you hear from God, nothing can cut your life short. Amen. Because God will supply you information that sacred service does not have. Hallelujah. Amen. One of my friends who is a pastor was giving a testimony. He said that he was traveling to Nigeria through a boat. And so when they got to the middle of the sea, their engine knocked out. Before that night, the Lord appeared to him in a dream to a man and said, don't get out of the boat you are traveling in no matter the circumstance. So, when the boat, when the engine got knocked out, another boat came and everybody transferred into the new boat. Then he remembered the revelation and told the, the, the boat, the, the person who was controlling the boat, I'm going to stay with you until we fix it. And a man was so are you a wizard? What is your problem? Follow these ones and go. Are you my problem? He said, no, I am going to stay here until we fix it. The others left. And then he started praying. And he told the, 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 the engine guy, start the engine again. After like 30 minutes, the engine came back on. And then they continued. But when they got to the shore, the boat that took the people who transferred, capsized, everybody died. But the Lord warned him in the dream and said, do not change the boat. This is the same thing that happened to Joseph when Pharaoh was about to kill every baby in Egypt, in, I mean, in the land. God appeared to Joseph and said, take this baby and leave right now. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, nothing takes you by surprise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Seek the Holy Spirit. Have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Have a re re relationship with the Holy Spirit and you will know things that nobody can ever tell you. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember, I'm, I'm emphasizing this because it is important. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, your Christian life is going to be difficult. If, everybody takes, every, if everything takes you by surprise, what is the difference between you and unbelievers? You claim to have a relationship with God, but you don't know nothing. Everything surprises you. When I was in high school, writing baccalaureate, we used to study two subjects, history or geography. But we write one during the exams. 
In the beginning of the year, I knew by the speed that we are going to write history. So I did not spend time studying geography. On the night before we are going to write the history, somebody appeared to me in the dream. I was sitting on the table. And the man said, this is how we analyze the 1929 economic crisis. And he drew two lines. And he left. That was the Great Depression. Then I told my friends in the morning, study Great Depression. They said, I get that these church people, you like to act as if you know everything. You like to act as if you know everything. As we got into the hall, behold that green paper from GC board. As I opened the paper, it used to be two sections. One is AC, one is structural. The structural is difficult because it's divided like four, three, two, one points. So you have to, you may score 1.5 yet, before you know it, maybe you have 10.5. But if you know the essay, it is easy to get 19 or 20 because you just pour out the stuff. Once I look at the essay question, number one, analyze the consequences of the 1929 Great Depression. Oh, my friends, this guy is a wizard. There is something this boy is not telling us about himself. This is not just about church. There is something much more. And I say it's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Seek to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Nothing will take you by surprise. Hallelujah. Mary, Elizabeth had no information about Gabriel's visit, but she began to prophesy. Blessed is the child that you carry. How did she know? By the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You begin to tell your colleagues some things. I'm seeing you and your wife having problems. Like one day I was sitting at my job, and then there was a guy sitting beside me, and I said to the guy, you are, you are expecting the baby, right? I said, how do you know? The guy, how do you not know, worry about that? <laughs> This is, not, this is not a sphere of this job. want to know more. See me after the job. And he kept, he was so, how do you know that my wife, and the wife was just about one week pregnant. They just found out the wife was pregnant. I was the only person who knew. Even the girl's mother did not know yet. How do you know what we are experiencing? Don't worry about that. It is far more than you can ever think. Hallelujah. Amen. Seek the Holy Spirit. Desire a relationship with him and your life will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. Elizabeth said, as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my home leaped for joy. You know, Mary was surprised about Gabriel's greeting. And now, Elizabeth was affected by Mary's greeting. Listen, the kind of greeting that you receive, if you have ever interviewed and you're expecting a feedback, and then you have to call it to give you the, the results of the interview. The kind of greeting you get from the recruiter tells you they are going to have a good news or bad news. <laughs> when they call you and they say, Hello, is this Clement? How are you doing today? Once they start to prolong, know that they are, they are trying to like, people have to tell you that you are not successful. But we're like, Hey, how are you doing today? You say, Oh, no, I had that job. Because nobody's excited to tell anybody bad news. In this season of Christmas, may a greeting come your way that will cause you to live for joy. I say, may a greeting come your way that will cause your family to live for joy. May a greeting come your way that will cause the people around you to celebrate. Hallelujah. I reject every greeting that will make somebody slow down and say, eh, is, this, is this a good time to talk? <laughs> I just pick up the coin. Why ask me this question? It's a good time. Tell me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This season is your season. Amen. Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who has believed 
that the Lord will fulfill his promise. Amen. One reason that Mary became the mother of Jesus was that she believed. Yeah. Can you imagine that she's not married? And she's a teenager, never ever known a man. And the angel said, you are going to have a child. Many of us would have said, no, that's not possible. Because many of us judge our relationship with God based on our natural circumstances. The Lord is giving you a promise and all you are doing is checking your background. Oh, I'm a Cameroonian. I have an accent. I can't be anything. You are judging what God wants to do for you based on your circumstances. Mary was not limited by her circumstances. She believed that whatever the angel said was going to come to pass. In this season, believe the word of God. Amen. I said, believe the word of God. Amen. I always say that if Joseph, with no education, became a prime minister in another country, I can be anything in America. Amen. You didn't hear what I said? I said, if Esther became queen in Babylon in another country, you can become anything in this country. Amen. If Daniel became a chief administrator in the land where he was taken as a slave, you that got a visa to come here, God can make you anything in this country. Amen. Believe the word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believe the word of God. She had faith. Let me tell you, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. In the natural world, we see, then we believe. But in the realm of faith, we believe, then we see. Because believing is seeing. If I believe it, I'm going to see it. So your trouble is not seeing. Your trouble is believing. Jesus said, if you can only believe, all things shall be possible. If you can only believe, all things shall be possible. Do you believe that God is about to bless you? Do you believe that God is about to change your life? Do you believe that God is about to make you a blessing? Do you believe that God is about to bring you out of debt? If you believe it, you will see it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Only believe. Only believe. Anytime you are talking to somebody about faith, and the person say, let us face reality. Let us face reality. Just know this person has no faith. Because there is nothing like reality in the realm of faith. The word of God is my reality. Hallelujah. Amen. The doctor says your fallopian tubes are blocked. That is his reality. The word of God said, none shall be barren in the land. Amen. That is my reality. Yes. I don't care about what the doctor said. This is my reality. Amen. I'm feeling the pain. I see the symptoms. That is the doctor's reality. My reality is what the scripture says. They that live in Zion shall not say they are sick. Listen. He did not say they shall not be sick. He said they shall not say it. It means even though I feel it, I am not going to say it. Because when you say it, you bring it to existence. The sickness is in the spirit, seeking expression. And once you say it, remember, God did not use any mechanical tool to create the world. Everything God created, he said it. So, the cancer will not manifest until you say it. The doctors will diagnose the symptoms. But the cancer is still struggling to seek expression. The moment you say, I have cancer, say, oh yeah, I come. It starts to manifest because you said it. But when you understand faith, whatever you see outside, say what you believe inside. Amen. And what is inside will begin to change your condition outside. Amen. If you can believe, all things are possible. Amen. Many of you know the Archbishop 
in Ghana called uh, Duncan Williams. The mother was pregnant, and they did a D and C. You know, if you, if you know, if you, if you ever know how they do D and C, you know, you know how they say ice cream. How they scrape ice? That's how they do D and C. They scrape everything off. One week after, they found out the baby was still inside because the mother believed that it was not done. She still believed that she was pregnant. But there are some of us, the moment we see blood even in our saliva, we say, oh, this is miscarriage. Oh, oh, this baby is gone. You start to confess it. Even before the doctor see, you start to confess it. And then before you know it, the baby is gone. But if you have faith in God, this is blood. It's not my baby. Hallelujah. When you have your period during the morning, is that baby? So why is it that when you see blood during pregnancy, you tremble? This is blood. It is not my baby. Because the children God has given to me, no man can take them away from me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Believe the word of God. Yeah. Confess the word of God. And it will come to pass. Amen. 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 There are three things that Mary experienced as pressure that will help us understand what is Christmas. Number one, the pressure of being a mother without marriage. Remember that it was not today that we have women who can give birth to children without being married and the society will understand their circumstances. But in those days, it was an abomination to have a child without being married. And not only not being married, not knowing the father of your child was even worse. Because now Mary is going to tell her friends, hey, what happened? You're, you're showing what happened. Who is the father? Where is the Holy Spirit? Get out. Tell us the father. Be serious for once in your life. What do you mean the Holy Spirit got you pregnant? Can you imagine the, the pressure she had to face from the society to explain herself wherever she went? That I don't know the father. Were you raped? No. Was it your concern? No. How did it happen? I don't really know. The Holy Spirit. Please, tell us the truth. I don't know how many family meetings she had to attend to explain herself to try to clarify this pregnancy. So much pressure to be a mother without, without, without a husband or without even being married. Number two, she had a pressure of being pregnant with the Messiah. Can you imagine that the angel said, this child you are carrying is not even your child. It's the savior of the world. Miss, I'm, I'm not just pregnant. I am pregnant with people's destinies. So every time I'm walking around, I'm afraid I mean, if I miscarry, I'm not miscarrying a baby, I'm miscarrying people's destinies. So even the way she slept at night, she's very careful. Let me not press somebody's destiny and kill it. Because this is not just a pregnancy. This is a destiny changer. This is the one that will bring change into the world. Now can you imagine what will happen if you knew that a baby your wife is carrying will be the president of this country tomorrow? I guess you leave work and work over time for your wife. You'll be like, hey, don't, don't work here. Move left. Because you want to make sure that nothing happens to that baby. Now picture Mary, who is not just a mother of a president, but is the mother of the Messiah. The pressure she had to keep this pregnancy. And the third, which I've already said, the pressure of protecting the pregnancy. To make sure that everything God said would actually come to pass. But how does this pressure affect us today with regards to Christmas? Christmas is not just the birth of Christ. It was God seeking access to intercept man from going down to hell. Christmas was God trying to step in, in the affairs of men to stop us from the impending doom. 
that was reserved for us by the consequences of our sin. So Mary's home then was an entry point for God in order to come to earth. As powerful as God is, God cannot violate his principles because according to God's principles, only people with bodies are allowed to live on the surface of the earth. That is why this earth is called the terrestrial realm. Means it is the earth of nature. And then where God dwells or the spirit is called the supernatural realm. Where demons or spirits can dwell with that body. That is why no demon has the power to manifest on the earth without possessing a human body. They have to look for a human body in order to operate because without a body, they are not allowed to be on the surface of the earth. So even though God had a plan for mankind, God was looking for an entry point in order to come to the earth to save man from sin. And he chose Mary to be the entry point. Now may I announce to you that even though Jesus was resurrected, seated in glory, with all power, Jesus is still seeking access. How he can intercept people from going to hell, even today. He's still looking for a means because he cannot come on the earth in a bodily form. That is why he said your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because there is nothing Jesus can do without human agency. So even today, Jesus is still seeking a means in order to intercept people from going to hell. So the pressure of Christmas then is not about putting lights on our doors or buying the Santa Claus decorations or buying the Christmas trees. The pressure of Christmas then is giving Christ access through us into the lives of people who are celebrating Christmas and heading to hell. How can we intercept this journey to hell? How can we stop these people from going down to the pit of destruction? That is the pressure of Christmas. America is going to spend over $30 billion on Christmas for somebody they don't even know about. They are celebrating somebody's birthday they have never met. Somebody they don't know about, but they are more excited about his birthday. We as Christians who know Jesus have to give God the access in order to introduce himself to them just like he used the womb of Mary to introduce himself to the world. Will you be the one that will give God access in your community? at your job, in your family. Or you're just going to go out and say, Happy Christmas, Merry Xmas, and watch them go down to hell. They are celebrating and going down, and we know it, they don't know Jesus. And yet we have, uh, I was, my wife and sister, my son, went to Burum Park, and I encouraged to go with Sister Aliska. They said, lights, like, some games and everything going on, it's very beautiful. Now, as I walk through that place, I'm like, who are these people really celebrating this thing? What, what are all these lights about? Christmas. But the Christ that they're celebrating, they have no clue. Because Christmas actually means a mass for Christ. Christmas. Mass Christ. Mass for Christ. That means Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas without a mass, what is that? What, 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 what then is that? Because it was a mass that was organized on that day, that made it Christmas, a mass for Christ. But today, we have taken a mass into the streets. We have taken a mass about light, about Santa Claus and decoration of trees. But we who understand what Christmas is all about, we have a pressure 
to tell these people who Jesus is that are celebrating that they don't know. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the pressure that we have for Christmas. We have the pressure of giving Christ the access into the world. Christ wants to be born in every life. He wants to invade every heart. He wants to invade every home. He wants to take over every country. But he cannot do that without you and me. That is the pressure that we have today. So as this Christmas is coming, may you be an agency through which Christ will be born in the life of somebody. I say, may you be an agency through which Christ will be born in the life of somebody. Our Christmas service is in two weeks. As you see, we light these candles to signify the days at Christmas, the weeks. This is two weeks, two more left. It will be Christmas. Christmas service is on the 22nd. You may not be able to preach the gospel with scriptures, but you can convince one person and bring him to church on that day. That may be a turning point in their lives. Let's give Christ access in order to stop some people from going down to hell. Because what would be a shame that we say to people, Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And then these people all end up in hell. You know, one of the things that I, I shared some time ago, I keep thinking about it is, have you ever imagined what it would be like if Jesus comes today, right? And the rapture happens. And then you miss the rapture. And then your friends who saw you going to church every Sunday, who are not even Christians, and they know that the rapture has happened, and all the saints have gone, and they see you around. Can you imagine you're going to explain yourself? So, sister, what happened? I saw you go to that church in Manassas. What happened? Say, well, you see, I will go to that church, but I will not really. You will start explaining yourself to unbelievers because they know that they were not Christians. And they didn't bother about, you know, rapture. But you that was going to church every day. Oh, pastor, what happened? All your Christians left. You see here. May it not happen to you. I say, may it not happen to you. You open your door, you're hiding, so your neighbors don't see you that you're still around. You're hiding. You get in your car, you're hiding. Because you miss the rapture. Let's live for God. Let's honor God in this season of Christmas. Amen. Can we stand on our feet?